0: I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, March 26th, 2022, and this is episode 164 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is I had a very good writing week. I started the fast draft of Beastly Kingdom, and I wrote 15,651 words. And I finished Act 1. So that is Act 1. I actually wrote another two or 3,000 words because I realized I had not written the bonus scene for Savage City. And it comes out this Friday. So sometime between now and when the ebook book comes out, I have to finish the bonus scene and set up the autoresponder. Um, but yes, I'm going to celebrate... Savage City, not Savage City's sequel, Beastly Kingdom, act one, went really well, went really smoothly. The fast draft didn't feel as bad as it usually does. So I'm fast drafting, writing the first draft without editing, without even reading what I did, what I wrote previously, like the day before. I'd set the goal of three to 4,000 words a day and I was getting, you know, some days 35, some days 4,000 words a day in two or three writing sprints. We have a Sterling who has joined us, which is my cat if you're not on the video. And, yeah, I, I felt good about it. Friday, so I did, actually did that in four days. I did, I did those 15,000 words Monday through Thursday. And then Friday, I, so when I was like, I need to really get started on this bonus scene. It only has to be a few thousand words. And it's just when you get to the end of Savage City, if you want an extra special bonus scene to get people on my newsletter, I will um, you know, have them subscribe and they can download the bonus scene. But today, Saturday, and even yesterday on Friday, I was feeling kind of bad. Like, my energy is failing a little bit. And um, I'm looking at the year schedule. I'm looking at how am I going to write these two books at the same time. I'm looking at what I feel like doing, what I don't feel like doing, and... Maybe I'm just in, you know, I'm in a dip right now. I'm in an energy dip, so I shouldn't make any long-term, you know, decisions and goals because I'm not really in a reliable space, but I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling like this is not the time to really push because, you know, you push yourself too hard at, at fragile times. That's when burnout happens in my experience. And it's weird because, you know, the words are going well. Like I said, I'm enjoying the story. I am learning lots of wonderful things. It's unfolding. And I just, I need the mental space and I need the emotional clarity, I think, which is something I don't have right now. And, you know, it's been uh, end of last year, beginning of this year. It's been difficult um, on a number of levels. And I'm actually telling some of my clients that I'm in my website development business, that I need to kind of scale down a little bit. And I'm not going to be building new sites. I've got a couple in my queue right now. I'll be doing maintenance for my existing clients. And I'm thinking that if I can free up some of my time, I can spend a little bit longer writing. I don't know, just a weird sort of energy lull. And I had made that decision for the past month or so. I've been thinking about that. I was looking at my schedule. I had done a couple of bids that I regretted immediately. And a lot of times I'll do RFPs, which are re- requests for proposals. Someone will bring it to me. Like I'm the developer and I work with project managers who kind of try to find projects. And then I I build them. <laughs> I work with a designer and you know d- copywriters, different team members. And uh, two or three of them I did. I was like, well, I was looking at the schedule, I can do it. it, might be interesting. They didn't come through and I was extremely relieved and I was like, okay, I need to stop doing RFPs because if they had come through, I would have done them, but this relief I'm feeling is a huge indicator that I probably didn't need to do them. I didn't need to even do the RFPs. So that's when I was like, okay, let's take a take several steps back. You know, several years ago, technically, I stopped taking on new clients. Like my website says, I'm not taking on new clients. And it said that probably for five years. But I do have these like project managers that I work with, and they take on new clients. And I will, you know, I'll take on authors, like small sites, things that sound interesting to me, people I work with, um, you know, who need a redesign, which is basically the same client being a whole new project. But I'm tired and I've been tired for a little while and I need to respect that. And sometimes when you're exhausted, it's easier to say no. Like saying no is is something I'm really trying to be, get better at. And uh, I'm getting slowly, very slowly better at it. And, you know, it comes out in, in the writing and it comes out in looking at sort of the, the work that I have to do and figuring out how I'm going to do it and the timeline and do I have to push things back and when am I going to make those decisions and things like that. So, you know, also because I want to put Beastly Kingdom on pre-order for when book one comes out. So if when people finish reading it, they can immediately pre-order the next one. And the longest pre-order that you can do on most uh, retailers is a year. And then at least with Amazon, you can only change it once or else you you risk losing your pre-order privileges with Amazon if you're an indie author. So I'm doing the pre-order and, you know, I'm setting the for a year. So basically March 30th, um, 2023 is when it will come out. Now, if it's possible for me to finish it earlier, I can move it up. I can also move it back once. And when I, you know, if I see that it, that's not possible, but that's also sort of a pressure because I've never done that. I've never done a pre-order for a book that I haven't written yet. And part of me is like, should I? Maybe I shouldn't even do it. Like, it's good marketing to have the next book queued up. I have a temporary cover all ready to go because I don't even have my cover design slot until this June, I think. But it is causing me some consternation. I don't have to, you know. I would like to. And I would like to say that it would be no problem for me to commit to writing an 80,000 word book that comes out in one year. Like, that shouldn't be an issue. And it might not be. Or It might be, but the way I feel. So my goal had been to fast draft Beastly Kingdom at the, by the end of March, early April, and then just put it aside so I could dive wholeheartedly into the uh, the second orbit book. And after one week, I finished Act One. So two weeks is not enough time to finish the entire fast draft, even though, you know, Act Three is always very short and it might actually be enough time. I don't know. It depends what happens this weekend. This is a a podcast where I don't know anything and I'm not making any decisions. And I'm sort of, I guess I'm just letting things fall where they may, because is it the decision fatigue that's making me tired in addition to everything else? I I have no idea. You know, I don't have any desire to quit. I still love writing. I still have stories that I, I want to tell, that I feel like I need to tell. And it's just a matter of making sure that I am like emotionally healthy, physically healthy, um, mentally healthy in order to be able to continue doing things I want to do. I was talking to a friend about my publishing schedule and about the things I'm writing. And she's traditionally published exclusively. And um, it's kind of like, why are you indie publishing? Why are you doing that? (laughs) And I know that there are indies who question why anyone would want to traditionally publish. And I've said before, and I continue to believe by I, that, I, I do enjoy doing both as much as they are enjoyable. You know, as much as they are both frustrating and difficult, they're both enjoyable in different ways. And I find value in both of them. And I do want to continue doing both of them. You know, having that control over the product, over the cover, and um, hiring editors, working with them, and the indie side. And then also, you know, being in bookstores and getting invited to events that would be more difficult or impossible as an indie, at least at the level of indie that I'm at, you know, unless you are a superstar indie and, you know, things change. I think authors are always having sort of existential (laughs) crises about things. And maybe that's just, that's the period of time I'm in right now, as I look at these projects and look at career things and try to if not make plans for the future, just think about my future and where do I want to be. I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, where where do I want to be in five years? I've never found that valuable because five years ago, I would never have imagined where I am now. And I think that it's just perhaps a lack of imagination on my part. It's like, I like to ha- to have things flow. I like to allow serendipity to to exist. And it's like, it sounds crazy because I'm a huge planner. I am a plotter by nature. I'm a list maker. I love planning things. But I like planning in little chunks at a time. Too far ahead is too scary. And it changes and it feels kind of purposeless. It's like plotting the end of the book too carefully when I know it's going to change. I, I approach life in the same way. In um a productivity tip, or I don't know if it's productivity, but Canva has a printing service that I've used before. I've printed my business cards with them. Um, and I just discovered on Friday, I was like, oh, I need to print a little thing to put in the copies of Savage City that I'll be sending out next week, the the signed paperback copies. And I should have printed it out a long time ago. And I was like, can I overnight it? Can I like pay extra money just to have this thing printed by Monday? Because I want to start sending them out on Tuesday so you get them early. Hopefully, crossing fingers. Or at least on time. <laughs> So I discovered that Canva can send your design to your local FedEx and print it. And I got it the same day. And that wasn't a thing a couple of years ago. It must be a new partnership that they have. But if you use Canva, which is canva.com, and I have the pro account because it's very necessary for all kinds of graphics and very lovely for things when I don't need Photoshop, when I don't need layers, if I just need something for social media, I'm in there all the time. But for print things, I designed the Savage City Bookmarks in Canva, actually, Uh, and the stickers, which I don't usually do. I usually do that in Photoshop. But um, anyway, being able to send to FedEx was a game changer for me. I picked up my prints that afternoon, and it made me very happy, so I thought I would share it. (laughs) My brother, Paul James, the actor who I talk about periodically, has a new television show coming out on Showtime. It is called I Love That For You. The trailer is out now. It premieres April 29th, 2022. I will link to the trailer in the show notes. He has a small role, but you know, he's working. He's paying his bills. I'm happy for him. Very proud of him. The show stars Vanessa Baer from SNL and Molly Shannon, also from SNL and Jennifer Lewis, who is, you know, the black mom of everyone. And I don't think she's playing a mother in this, which is, I'm happy for her. <laughs> and um, it's about like a pseudo home shopping network, kind of behind the scenes, and yes, whenever my brother has a job, I try to support him and it's a half hour comedy. And so, yeah, check it out when it premieres. And I'll, I'll be talking about it more, I'm sure. And finally, I did want to recommend another TV show that I've been watching. It is a Norwegian show, which is a first for me. I've never. Watched a Norwegian television show before. I learned about it on the Imaginary Worlds podcast, which is one of my favorites. I also would recommend that podcast. So it takes place in Oslo, modern day, and the premise of the show. It's called Beforeners. Did I say that the show is called Beforeiners. And the premise is people from history are coming, are time traveling, um, not at will, and appearing in modern day. World, And they're coming from three specific periods in time, from um, the Victorian age, from the Viking age and the Stone Age. And it's kind of a metaphor for immigration. So it takes place in modern Oslo. And it's a police procedural with a modern day cop and the first Viking cop who has, you know, come, she's gone through training and they are solving a murder, but there's some sci-fi elements, obviously, with the time travel. There are these kind of immigration stories about how do you integrate these people into society from other time periods. There's great production design and a lot of thought went into uh, the costumes. And, you know, if you come from, if you're a Viking and you find yourself in 2020, uh, what parts of your culture will you maintain? Uh, same with the Victorians and the Stone Age people. And the episode of my of imaginary worlds,' I was about to say my imaginary friends. The episode of Imaginary Worlds uh, talks with one of the showrunners and writers, and it's really fascinating what they were dealing with. I also know that they did a lot with language that I'm totally missing because I'm watching it with the subtitles. I go back and forth between the subtitles and the English dubbing because I hate watching things dubbed, but I was doing my hair while I was watching it and I needed to look away from the screen sometimes. Um, there's cultural things that I had no idea that I had to actually look up, like the whole party bus thing, uh, which is like a teenage Norwegian tradition. And the words they were saying, sometimes the translated words are weird. And I'm like, wait, what is that? So I would Google it. Whenever you're watching something that takes place in a foreign culture, you miss probably the 50% of like, the things that they put in there. But even only understanding the other 50%, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I will warn you, season one ends in a cliffhanger and doesn't explain a lot of things. There are two seasons out and I've only finished season one, but I enjoyed it and I thought it was very interesting. And so, yes, check that out if uh, you're looking for something new to watch. Bridgerton is out on Netflix. I have not started watching it. It, uh, I will watch it at some point, maybe this week. It depends on time and energy and all of those things, but lots of things happening. And then I also saw The Lost City with, um... Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It was not as funny as I'd hoped. It was a little disappointing. It's still a cute movie. And you know, if you are into rom-coms, definitely go see it. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. I don't know. I hate to end on a downer. Good grief. Um, (laughs) goals for the week. My goals for the week are to write. I, I should continue the fast draft. I don't know if I will, but we'll see what happens. We'll see where my energy ends up. I'm contemplating a thing where I work four days a week on one book and two days a week on another book and see how that goes. That might be crazy talk. I might try that and fail miserably. But um, part of me wants, you know, the original goal was put this draft of Beastly Kingdom aside, focus everything on Orbit Book 2 then come back once I turn it into my editor and do the revision. And that's option A. Option B is this four-day, two-day thing, which I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I should not make any decisions right now. I will ponder and assess and do some self-reflection and figure things out. So yeah, that's where I am right now. And uh, I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Savage City will be out in the world and maybe the stress of the book launch will, you know, after that's done, it will release a valve of pressure off of me and I will be able to think more clearly about some of these other things. Well, here's hoping. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at lpenelope.com and I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.